Stop building links and start building friendships. Here's how to use the Dream 100 strategy to take your business to new heights. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because your network is your net worth. That's a cheesy saying, right? But there's a lot of truth to it too. In this episode, you'll learn how to expand your network with the right people to make the biggest impact on your business. We're talking about the Dream 100 strategy today, and we're talking about it under the guise of SEO and link building, but it really applies across the board, no matter what business that you're in. If you're not familiar, the Dream 100 strategy was coined or at least popularized by Chet Holmes in the book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. And the premise is this, instead of trying to market to everyone, instead of trying to network with everyone, what if you allocated all your attention, energy, and resources to making a real connection and a real impact with the 100 people with the greatest potential to move your business forward? This is super powerful stuff, but perhaps easier said than done. To help me walk through it is Brendan Hufford from brendanhufford.com. Brendan is an SEO master, he's a longtime entrepreneur, and a master at building win-win relationships. You'll find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode, plus the full text summary with all of Brendan's top tips at sidehustlenation.com slash Brendan. That's B-R-E-N-D-A-N. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Brendan after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. You got to have a great website. It's got to be fast and have a great user experience, good copy, all of those sort of things. And then also the content has to be solid and matched to like what people are actually searching for. But outside of that, the thing that really shows Google you're an authority is links from other websites. And my theory, my kind of manifesto on it is you don't need a million links from other websites. You just need the right links. So it'd be better if you spent time pursuing your dream 100, the, the best 100 sites on the internet for you to get links from. And this is true if you're doing sales or partnerships or affiliate marketing, no matter what you're doing, what your side hustle is, if you just focus on your dream 100 partnerships, like we're grounding this in SEO, but it really applies to everything. If you just focused on your dream 100, you would see way more fruits from your labor than if you just try the shotgun approach going after everybody. Yeah, so typical approach is like to blast out these kind of form letter emails and I've been on the receiving end. Maybe if you're listening to this, you've been on the receiving end of these emails and they're ridiculous. They're like, hey, I noticed you're linking to such and such. I wrote this article that is the same or similar or better. Maybe you'll link to me too. And it's like, if I don't have a pre-existing relationship with you, it's just, I don't care. Like, I don't care enough to go back and update this article that's four years old just for the sake of throwing you a link. Unless, now I will caveat that, I've had some outreach emails like that, that are like really creative. And you can tell like they dug deep into my website to find something that would get my attention. And it's like, okay, good on you. (laughs) I will go and do and update this link for you because you went above and beyond. But most of the people don't. It's just like this spray and pray approach. Yeah. And I always start with, I think we want to ground ourselves at the dream 100 and like, let's build friends first. I like to share the example. And I mean, we can even talk about your website, but the example I always give first is I looked at the most linked to websites from smartpassiveincome.com. So what are the websites Pat Flynn links to the most? He's linked to chrisducker.com about 125 times, Derek Halpern, socialtriggers.com about 125 times. And then if we go down this list, it's Amy Porterfield, Darren Rouse from ProBlogger, Michael Hyatt, Ramit Sethi, Caleb Wajik, John Lee Dumas. Like Those are the most linked to websites from smartpassiveincome.com. 
it turns out those are just a list of Pat's friends. <laughs> Whenever you look at somebody's backlinks and the, the sites that they're linking to the most, it's typically just people they have relationships with. So what's better than getting one link from somebody is getting 125 links from them over the course of 10 years, right? It's better if you just build relationships with people. And that's really what the Dream 100 is about. I want somebody who will promote my product and have me on their podcast and link to me and all these other things, not because I'm getting the thing, but because I care about them as a person and because we have a relationship. So a lot of this just comes down to, I know it sounds like really woo-woo, but like, just make friends, bro. (laughs) And it's not, but it it is actually what works best, especially in this day and age of hyper-connectivity and spammy outreach and just so much noise. The way you cut through the noise is just by being extremely, extremely sincere And doing, this is really where I start, is just doing your homework more than anybody else is willing to, and more than any reasonable person would. Like you said, some people that dig deep on your website. Go three layers deeper than that. Yeah, it's so true. So I just got back from FinCon, which is like my favorite conference of the year. And it's the only conference I've ever been to where people are hanging out, and not just like a handful of people, but like hundreds of people are still hanging out in the lobby at midnight, just because they can't get enough of these conversations. And those are the types of relationships and friendships that are going to hopefully last years and years and years, but also may get you a link if that's kind of the ultimate side benefit of doing that stuff. Let's talk about, if you're just starting out, how you might go about not only getting on someone's radar, but beginning to build that relationship. Absolutely. So this is something that I've been doing. I can give you some examples of this as well. This tactic works for all levels. People are like, well, that'd be easy if I was Tim Ferriss, or it'd be easy if I was Ramit. You know, they're listening to your podcast. They'd be like, well, this is easy for you to say, Brendan and Nick, you, you guys are cool or what? I don't know. I'm not cool. You're cool. <laughs> but my point is that this works for everybody. This worked for me back in, gosh, it must have been like 2011. So what I did was in 2011, I'd been reading smartpassiveincome.com and I was just taking action on stuff. And I got an email from Pat Flynn. I was on his email list and I just replied. I know your time's valuable, so I'll make this fast. I have an awesome success story. I want to share it with you. What's the best way to let you know how you've helped me? He just replied and was like, hey, man, just, yeah, share it with me. Like, tell me now. So I pretty much wrote an email, but like a blog post with images and all header tags and everything of like 20 things he told me to do in his content, how I did them and the results that I got. That is something that you cannot manufacture and you cannot, again, like cool guy your way into or cool girl your way into. There is nothing that impresses somebody more than showing them you've listened to them, taken action on what they've said and gotten results. Brian Harris calls this the poster boy method, but more than just like the method of it, it's just that's so impressive. I have three or four people that have gone through my SEO for the rest of us course, taken tons of action, gotten huge results. And I will talk about them forever. Andrea Tolleson, like I'm going to talk about Andrea forever because she took huge action, got tons of results. That stuff really matters. That's the best way to get on somebody's radar. So I think that's number one, like become somebody's best case study. It requires you do a bunch of work. But if you want to have an actual, like I'm still friends with Pat. I just helped him out at FlynnCon, his first conference. I help him manage his Facebook group. He and I are friends. And it all started with that over eight years ago. I've written for Ryan Holiday's website. If you don't know Ryan Holiday, really, really amazing author and marketer. I've written for his website. He helped me fund a classroom set of one of his books when I used to be a teacher for my classroom. 
And I've gotten to like build this like really cool relationship with him. Why? Because I'm just constantly replying and saying, hey, I'm taking action on this. Hey, here's this. And when you do that sort of stuff, like it really stands out to people. It's not about, can I get this thing from you today? It's about like, how do I build a relationship with this person that I like and respect? I just want to be friends with long term. And I think really beyond the case study thing and beyond just kind of being on the radar, I think it really comes down to, I would say like three or four things. Have a reason you're doing what you're doing. Remember, what is your why? Why are you doing this? Are you, why are you starting this podcast? Why are you starting this side hustle? And have a why that you know and is pretty strong for you, like very Simon Sinek, start with why. The second part is, what is their why? What do they want? What does Nick Loper want? If you're going to reach out to him, what does he want to share? What are his goals? What are, what's a project he's working on? People ask me when I started my podcast, how did you get Hal Elrod, Michael Hyatt, and all of these big name people right away? My first 10 guests were all big names in the online marketing space. My answer was really simple. I was like, I just reached out to them, looked at what they were promoting, what was important to them in their life right then. I told them how what I was doing could help them with that. And then it was easy. It was all about them. It wasn't about me. Most people care about two things. They want to get results for their audience and they want to make money. And maybe number three is they want more freedom. So if you can help them with that, that's their why. Tie it into that. So let's go one step deeper on that. What was your pitch to a Michael Hyatt, for example, on their why? Why should they come on your brand new podcast? Absolutely. So I reached out to Michael Hyatt's team because he's really good. He's really, this is something that's always inspired both Pat and myself about Michael is like his team is really efficient. And he builds these really cool teams, like has really good leadership qualities. Reached out to his team and just said, hey, I know you're getting ready to launch best year ever. I've listened to like 30 podcasts where you've talked about it from previous launches. Here's what I know is really important. Here's some things I think that would be really cool to talk about that you haven't talked about before that would help people feel like it's a fit for them. I'd love to talk about those things on my podcast. Here's what I'm going to do to promote best year ever, blah, 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 blah. And that's it. It was just 100% about him and how I wanted to promote his launch. And like, here's some other people that I know are mutual friends threw in a little social proof. And this kind of ties into like the third part, right? It's your why, it's their why. And then the third part is just doing your research, going nuts with research, going so deep into research that when you say something to somebody, whether it's in a podcast interview or in an email, an outreach email or a tweet or a DM or however you get in touch with somebody, they're like, wait, what? Did I talk about that publicly before? How do you know that? (laughs) Don't be creepy. (laughs) There's a fine line. I was just going to say, toe that creepy line. I remember I did this for when I interviewed Corbett Barr from Fizzle. And I asked him a question about him growing up and all these things. I'm like, tell me about like this first job you had when you were in high school. And I like mentioned the job and he just paused and went, oh, wow, you really did your homework for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm a professional. I take this seriously. And he, he was just so impressed by that. And instantly we had a, a much closer relationship and the interview was way better. But like, I still talk to Corbett and I respect him very much. And we now have that relationship. And have I gotten a bunch of links from Fizzle to ground it back in, in SEO and stuff? Like, yeah, of course, I've, I've guest posted for them and all these different things. But it's really about the relationship. I think the links come over time when you take your side hustle into your business, into your career, however you want to look at this, when you take it seriously, those things pay dividends over time. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, 
I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. ANDS.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's go back to this Dream 100 thing. And if you're just brand new starting out, how are you even coming up with that list of people that you want to talk to or that you ultimately want to build these relationships with? Definitely. So I kind of split it into three levels, tier one, tier two, and tier three. You can split the the Dream 100 pretty much into thirds. The tier one is people who are at the same level as you. This could be however you're judging it. This could be done by social followers. This could be done by you could use the Moz Chrome extension to look at the authority of their website. That's free. You can do you can use Ahrefs. Ahrefs have a seven dollar for seven day trial, I believe. That you can use Ahrefs for this too and do some research on their website and see if they're on your level. But these are people who are just kind of at the same level as you. And if you're just starting out, this is great. Hop into some free Facebook groups. Hop into Side Hustle Nation. Just find people that are starting out just like you. And just build a list of 33 people that you think are really cool doing interesting stuff, but maybe are also just getting started. Do these need to be in your same niche? I'm trying to think of it. Like if you're in a really obscure niche, you might not find 100 people who are talking about the same stuff. Of course, right? If I'm trying to build some sort of app to help garbage trucks be more efficient or something, like I'm not going to find 99 other people interested in garbage truck efficiency. But I would find 99 other people that are interested in talking about technology, maybe talking about growing local community, like all of these things. I call them like shoulder industries. Tier one, same level as you, kind of people early days are just starting out. Tier two, people who maybe are a year or two ahead of you in a similar or kind of complementary space. You know, you're like, you're making like a Google sheet with like all these, are you, are you making it that formal and like writing all this stuff down? 
Yeah, well, so the, here's the thing. This is something I've had to learn about myself. I think people tend to index maybe one or two ways naturally. Maybe you are interested, you, you feel like you're a more creative person or you're a more like creepy level organized person. I am more of a creative person and I've had to learn to become creepy level organized because otherwise my creativity gets out of control. If I don't put this in a Google sheet, it's never going to happen. We we're talking about the three phases earlier, like our why, their why, and all of that. The step four in that is don't give up. You have to follow up with people. People are busy and you have to cut through the noise. So it's going to take time. I think that's a really big part of it. So yeah, tier one is people at the same level as you. Tier two is people maybe a couple steps past you. And then I always organize this in a Google sheet. If people want to check out the show notes, I'll share a copy of the Google sheet that I use. So you can literally just make a copy of that Google sheet and plug in your own people and organize it that way and mark when you've reached out to them. And it even helps you organize all of these things like, what is the why here? What's my angle in connecting with them? What value, really, what value can I provide them? Because everybody says that, right? They've got to provide value. What does that even mean? Like people end up sending emails. Is there anything I can help you with? No, because now you're making me think for you. Now I have to think, is there anything I would give this person and trust them with for free person I don't know and give you responsibility and train you? That sounds like a ton of work. No, pass, delete, mark as spam, goodbye. So I, I organize what is that value I'm going to provide to them in there as well. Okay, yeah, we'll link that up for you at sidehustlenation.com slash Brendan. Okay, so let's bring it home with tier three. These are, I imagine, your moonshot, the leaders in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Tier three are the people that's like, I don't know how I'm ever going to connect with them. But if I get one, everything changes. Everything changes if I get a partnership with Richard Branson. Everything changes if I get a partnership. And I'm not saying you have to go with Richard Branson or... Oprah or anything like that. <laughs> okay. But you know, like for me working in online marketing, if I had a partnership with Tim Ferriss or I had a, a chance to, I don't know, have like a more direct partnership with somebody like Ryan Holiday, like that would change my life and my career. So that's the tier three. That's how I want to think about it. I'm going to pursue these people because I know like if we, I want to be friends with them. And if that develops over the course of the next, and that's the other thing too, like be patient with this. If this develops over the next year or two, that's going to change everything for me. I'll have a mentor, talked about that earlier, like just telling people that you've done what they've said to do. That's a great way to reach out to these tier three people is just being their best case study. But you'll have a mentor in that process. And there's nothing better than having somebody who's way far ahead of you that's willing to answer your questions whenever you ask them. So yeah, that's kind of the gist of the tier three. Now, it can be a little hard finding those tier two and tier three. A lot of times we're good at finding people on our own level. But like I said, I use Ahrefs. I check out SEO things. I Google things in my industry and see who's ranking highly for that stuff, who's writing about these things. My best tip for this, and this is like one of my favorites, is go into like an affiliate marketing platform like ClickBank or JVZoo or something and see, find out what are the biggest products that people are selling as affiliates in your industry. Become an affiliate for them. And here's the real key. See if there's like a leaderboard. See if they publicly say like who their other affiliates are. And if you saw, oh, here's a bunch of people who are affiliates for this product in my industry. These are the top affiliates. They're probably really good tier three people to research and see if they're people that you could become friends with. The last kind of shortcut is one that I use all the time. I mentioned Glenn Alsip earlier. He has a website, detailed.com. He has a, this product called Detailed Pro which I pay for. I don't have like an affiliate relationship with him or anything. Like I just pay for it because it's great. He's just already done a lot of this research ahead of time and like put together a lot of the Dream 100 in every single major kind of industry. It's really helpful. Yeah, I'm looking back, I actually uncovered this 
file on my hard drive. It's called guest post targets. And this is something that had a last updated date of 2014, 2013. And it's just this list of other sites that I had come across during this initial research phase. And it says, okay, what the URL is, who's writing it, who's the owner of this site, has page rank. So I might swap that out for domain authority at this point. It says like, okay, what kind of comments are they getting on a typical post? Like how engaged is this audience? And just some other notes about, okay, what have I learned about this site? What might be an interesting angle to pitch them? And I actually did end up guesting on on several of these sites, and most of them are have, have shifted or kind of outdated at this point, but sites in the entrepreneurship space, sites in the productivity space, sites in the personal finance space, just kind of a way to, I guess, organize who else is playing this game and who might be interesting to to build a relationship with. And it's just kind of funny looking down this list, J.D. Roth, Scott Britton, Carrie Smith, Matt Allen, a bunch of different people like actually ended up building some sort of relationship with over that time. It's funny how those things, like I'm not a big believer in the secret or like the law of attraction or anything, but it is funny how like things you said in the past, as long as you stay focused on like certain goals, those things come back around anyways. I looked at, I read Pat Flynn's book, Will It Fly back in 2015. And I just found the journal the other day of where I thought my life would be in five years. I'm not a millionaire yet. That part didn't come true, but a lot of this stuff did. It's crazy. And it's only come true in the last like year or so, but it's just been crazy that I was on that path and like continuing to push and pursue. Given a long enough timeline, a lot of this stuff does kind of happen that way. When you're doing kind of this initial outreach or trying to get on somebody's radar, especially with this like top affiliates leaderboard thing, how do you avoid being seen as a competitor? Like if we're operating in kind of the same space in the same niche, it's like, why do I want to help you? We're trying to reach the same audience. Yeah. I think it depends on that first email. If you ask for something, you're a competitor. You're trying to get. But if that first email is, hey, I have a platform similar to yours. I want to use it to help you. Well, then we're not competitors. We're just friends who write about the same stuff. And we're probably best friends. And we're going to go do karate in the garage in a couple minutes. (laughs) It's just, sorry, stepbrothers quotes. But that's how that ends up being. It's like, oh, cool. There's no, the other thing is too, that if somebody, if that's how they view you, first of all, like if you do it right and you make it all about them and their why and everything, and they don't see the value and, oh, wow, this person's in my same industry and they want to promote me. Like that's the best. What do you think about the strategy early on in your say your blogging career, say you're starting a site on urban farming or hydroponics or something. And one of your early posts is like, here are the 25 people you need to follow in this niche. Is that overplayed or is that still an effective way? Hey, look, I featured you on this roundup style post. I I think expert roundups mostly suck just because people do them wrong. Same as outreach. Most outreach is bad because people do it bad. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. I love the expert roundup. I wrote an article the other day, and I'll, I'll tie back to this, like your specific example in a second. Because I, I always hate it when people use examples like from the marketing niche, because it tends to be a little bit skewed on how things work, because we're all in on the game. But I wrote an article recently about SEO trophy keywords, meaning trophy keywords like SEO Philadelphia and SEO Chicago and things like that. These things that you rank for. And I just asked a bunch of experts, do you think it's worth ranking for this stuff? And universally, people are like, no, the leads are terrible. People Googling Chicago SEO agency are usually really bad leads. Maybe like 10 or 20% are good. So it's worth it a little bit, but also don't kill yourself trying to rank for that stuff. But that was great because that was new insight and a new angle. And it was something that maybe they hadn't talked about before. You read those articles, it's like 100 experts talk about their best 
side hustle tips. Whew. I mean, I get it. You're trying to get some influencers so they'll share it and then it'll start a relationship. But what if you actually ask them about, hey, I, I noticed you wrote about this. One of the questions I had after reading was this. I would love to write about that on my website and share it with my audience. Can I get a quick quote? Or can I include some information from you? Blah, blah, blah. Feel free to email me. I'll just copy and paste in the article. Or if you want to chat, I'd love to connect over Skype or Zoom. And it just leaves that open for them, right? If I don't have a lot of time, like I'll spend a couple minutes writing something. So like, let's use urban farming and hydroponics. One of the things that maybe they don't talk a lot about in urban farming is zoning issues and local politics. And you find somebody and they've written about that. And it's like, hey, man, I don't feel like a lot of people are really talking about like the local political issues and trying to get things zoned so you can have farms and urban areas and all of these things. I thought you had some really good insights. I really want to lead my article with what you're saying, or since that's not really scalable, not everybody can lead the article, but I want to include you in this because I think you have some really amazing thoughts. People are going to reply to that. They're spending all this effort trying to get their message out to talk about these things they want to talk about. They're going to care enough to reply. And even if they don't have time, like you follow up. Hey, I just want to let you know, like I'm still working on the article. I've gotten input from these other three people. I still really want to include you. It's really important to me because your work, that's when maybe we include social proof. You know, you wrote this article about this and we were able to do this on our farm and we helped four other people do this. And that meant that they didn't have to blah, 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 like show all these results and how it's impacted your community. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, now I'm a real jerk if I don't reply. I'm never too busy for this. So I think that's kind of the angle that I would consider it at. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. You know, just a new a new twist on different other things, but totally leading with their why, like what's in it for them. There's an element of flattery. Hey, you're a leader in this industry. How can I feature you? How can I get your work out to more people? But like very specific. Make it the email you want to receive. Make it the email that their person who they're already friends with would write to them, if that makes sense. Versus just like, hey, I was reading your article, good stuff. If I get an email from somebody and they said, hey, I was Googling around and found you, ugh, don't send me that form email. Don't template me, bro. I don't need it. So I think that's the thing, like just making it extremely personal and very heartfelt. And that yes, that takes time. But the reason we're not talking about doing a Dream 10, the reason we're doing a Dream 100 is you don't need necessarily even these 100. You really only need 10 or 20 of these to like really kickstart partnerships and relationships. And then they intro you to other people. And then they're like, hey, come to FinCon because, you know, like I'm going to FinCon next year because I already know 30 people that are going to be there. It was crazy. It was foolish. I didn't go this year. So that's the type of relationship building that I'm talking about. Okay. And tell me about the follow-up. So you've probably seen the stats. Like, okay, it takes seven times getting your, your message across before somebody even notices it or before they take action. But if I'm sending six unanswered emails in a row, it's going to be really hard to send that seventh and say like, maybe you didn't see this because people do that to me. No, I didn't reply because I'm not interested. Yeah. So I think the first thing is you have to be honest with yourself. Did my first emails kind of suck? Were they not good? Could they be better? And if they could be better, send that better email. Don't waste an email on, hey, just following up. Hey, just bumping this up in your inbox. Nah, that's not why I didn't reply. It wasn't compelling enough. I read it. I saw it. I'm not whatever. But don't be afraid to keep up with people. But again, back to this thing, am I adding value with every email? Am I telling a new story? Am I being more helpful? Am I adding to this? To the point that if I have sent six or seven emails, I've added so much value and I've been so helpful that if they're still not replying, there is probably a chance that they're just busy. 
make it so it's just absolutely astronomically impossible that they would still be ignoring you because it's just not worth their time. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences. With Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. And do you have a rule of thumb, like waiting period before following up? So I always think of this scene in Swingers with John Favreau and Vince Vaughn, where they're talking about like, how long do you call somebody after you get their phone number? And they're like, no, 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 it's it's two days. No, wait, it's three days. Cool. So how long are you going to wait? Six days. Totally. I like to try to email in the middle of the week. Mondays are hard. Fridays are hard. We all have email culture in our lives at this point. Like it's hard. If I get an email at the end of the day on Friday, I might not reply. If I get it first thing on Monday when I'm getting dumped on with looking at my whole week and all this stuff, that can also be hard. You know, I try not to send more than like one or two emails a week, but I also make sure they're thoughtful. I also make sure that they're thought through. And that means not sending an email unless I have something to say, not being like, well, it's been two days. I got to follow up because Brendan said it's got to be this. Just have something to say in your email. It doesn't matter if you follow up once a week. I wouldn't wait two or three weeks in between emails like people will forget. But I had somebody follow up with me recently. The other thing, too, is is just doing smart stuff to get people's attention. I had somebody recently do this to me. They had sent me a cold email. They included a Loom video in it. They recorded a personal video for me. I watched it. Didn't feel like it was a fit, didn't reply. I don't mean to be a jerk. I think I forgot to reply. But then they signed up for my email list. And the first thing that my email list that you get sent is, hey, why'd you sign up for this? I'd love to know. Well, I emailed you a couple weeks ago and I sent you this video and you didn't reply, but I wanted to keep learning from you. So I signed up for your email list. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, you did. You sure did. I recognized their name right away. I was like, ah. There's other ways to get in touch, right? If they're always on their like Instagram stories and they have DMs are open on Instagram, send them a DM. Respond to like what they're actually sharing in their Instagram story from their regular life. Things like that. 
if all they're putting out is marketing materials, like if all their Instagram stories and their Instagram posts and blog posts, and I'll give you like if if they're Russell Brunson and everything is marketing, it's very hard. Like I would love to connect with Russell for the pure thing that like I know people his marketing's over the top and there's other issues and stuff like that. People it may not be the the right flavor for everybody, but I love like he talks about jujitsu a lot and all these other things. It's just cool having another entrepreneur that's into jujitsu. So I'd love to talk about that. I had a jujitsu company for a while, but it's hard to. I can't reply to like, sign up for this thing we're doing with ClickFunnels with, hey, jujitsu stuff. Like, it's just, it doesn't fit. But if, they, if they're putting out like personal stuff and behind the scenes stuff, reply. They'll notice when you've replied to their Instagram posts five times. It's not stocky because everybody's leaving comments under it. Just keep getting on their radar and keep just engaging. People notice that stuff over time for sure. But don't feel like you have to be restricted to email. Yeah, you're kind of creating multiple touch points where at least your name becomes familiar. I think that's that's probably the first step for breaking through, especially for any of these tier two, tier three people. It's like, who is that again? Oh yeah, this is the person who's always commenting on my stuff. Totally is. And that's what I ended up doing with all these like lists in this spreadsheet, added them all to the Feedly reader so I could at least see what they were writing about, where I could potentially fill in some gaps in their content, commenting on their stuff, following these people on Twitter. And it was a lot of work, to be honest. <laughs> That's like what I'm taking away from all of this conversation is there's no magic bullet. There's no quick win. It's like these are relationships built over years in some cases, months and years. And that's why the best guests for the show come from within the community, not from some PR person saying, hey, so-and-so has a new book out. Doesn't matter to me at all. And they're just doing the shotgun approach, trying to find outlets for this author who had the budget to hire some PR agency to go and get them exposure for this book. Like that's likely not going to be a good fit. So yes, building relationships. One question I did have was kind of going back to the niche site type of idea or this type of site where maybe it's not a personally branded effort with your name and your face all over it. Like if you're trying to be a little more anonymous or you're using a pen name, something like that. Do you have anything for people who are still trying to do some proactive outreach and, and build relationships in that space, but they're like, I'm not quite ready to like be the face of this. Yeah. So this is a hard, I, I can give you some thoughts, but this is hard for me because growing up, I moved every two years to like a totally new town. My mom would get laid off and then she would, we'd move to a new town and started a whole new school. So my nature is to be grossly outgoing and grossly like over the top. That is just how I show up in the world most of the time. So it's hard for me to like imagine a version of myself where it's like, well, I don't really want people to know this is me. But I will say that I have had a bunch of times where I have started um, niche sites. I have a website called Photo MBA. A lot of my first SEO clients were photographers. They weren't taking their online marketing seriously. I'm like, there's some opportunity. I should write about this stuff. But I'm not on, I was on Photo MBA for a while, but I took myself completely off. Cause like I'm not a professional photographer. I know enough about cameras to be dangerous, but I was like, this shouldn't be about me. This should be about them. So there's no reason to personally brand this. And that does make outreach difficult. Again, like we talked about, you can use pen names and things like that. That's totally fine. A lot of authors do that. JK Rowling does that. You can do that sort of stuff without having to feel guilty. Pen names are not a bad thing. It's not a dirty word, especially if you need to protect yourself and your family for whatever reason. And I mean this very sincerely, like everybody has different situations. You may have a situation in your life where if I build a big personal brand, that could end badly for me for a lot of reasons. 
And if you don't feel safe doing that for yourself or your family, like by all means, feel free to, to use a pen name. It is very hard. People do want to connect with people. And it becomes really hard to grow something over time if you're not, if you've kind of restrained yourself from being able to be, to play full out and be an authentic person with other people. Now, you can connect with people behind the scenes. Just make a website that's not about you at all. And then you just become the person, hey, I'm the person that runs this website. Sure, sure. Okay. So you may not be public facing, but you can still do some outreach to other people in the space. That was, I don't know, like all the projects or many of the projects that I've had that have kind of flopped were the ones where I was trying to stay more anonymous and and be less the face of it. And so that's just where that comes from. And in the side hustle space, a lot of people are like, well, I don't necessarily need my employer to know that I've got this other project going on. But to build a relationship makes sense. Either the pen name route, kind of building a persona around that or kind of staying more behind the scenes, at least publicly, but then in the industry over email, phone calls, Skype stuff, you can still like connect with people directly that way. Yeah, I'm not trying to spook anybody, but I, I was a teacher and an assistant principal for 10 years. And I got called down, like I was an assistant principal and I got called down to the head principal's office and got asked to explain myself. I had taken a day off of work to do a webinar during the day. And they were like, what is this? It's a webinar I did yesterday. Well, you called off work. Yeah, because it's my personal time. I can do whatever I want then. I don't owe you it. Like just because you found it on the internet, I don't even know how you found this, number one. But all of these things of like your employer, I understand if you're doing something that probably your employer would see you as competition for doing it. Maybe it's time to have that conversation with your employer and don't assume that they're going to perceive it that way. A lot of employers, and this kind of ties into the the tip for Side Hustle Nation, but a lot of employers are really encouraging of people being entrepreneurial. Because there's a, there's a good chance if you're entrepreneurial in your, in your side hustle, you're probably entrepreneurial at work too. You're probably trying to do some cool stuff there. So they'll see that in you and be like, oh yeah, of course you would have like a side hustle and be doing this other stuff. And I think also it's 2019. I don't know a lot of people that aren't trying to do stuff on the side and consider themselves multi-hyphenates and they have different skill sets. So they want to do different stuff. I don't know. I think I wouldn't say no for somebody else. Make them say no. I would have that conversation. Fair enough. Well, this is good stuff. Brendan, appreciate you coming on and schooling us in the ways of more effective outreach than some of these shotgun approaches. BrendanHufford.com. Anything specific that people should check out if they want to learn more about SEO and get started with this stuff? Yeah, if you want to see end-to-end how this works, all the way from I've just built a website, what do I do? Two, I have a flourishing website with content and a great homepage and it has links pointing to it. I have a process that kind of takes you through that whole, that's just a blueprint for that whole thing. You can check that out at 100daysofseo.com slash challenge and you'll be able to join. It's called the currently called the One Ranking Away Challenge, but I think I'm going to change the name. It's literally what I do. It's what I do for clients. It's what I do for myself. It's no like bad outreach templates or anything like that. It's a lot of the very human stuff that we talked about today. And it's not just I have success with this blueprint, whether it's for my own little websites or some big websites or clients that are global sports brands or $90 million venture backed startups. This, this process works for all of them, but it also works for it's the process I wish I had when I started my first little baby jujitsu website back in the day. And this was not jujitsu for babies? <laughs> no, but babies are awesome at jujitsu. <laughs> My kids are like, well, stop that. We're just playing tackle. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, I have three little boys. It was cool when it was one-on-one with my oldest. He's six now. But now that our three-year-old is a little bigger, 
I'll be dealing with one and just, he comes in like out of, you just hear this like, and just comes in like from the side. Yeah, definitely. Okay. 100 days of SEO.com slash challenge. We'll check it out over there and get, you know, trying to find this zero to one startup challenge, get some links pointing to your site, get some rankings going for your new site. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for side hustle nation, which does not have to be dream 100 does not have to be SEO related. Before we do that, I just want to remind people, check out the show notes for this episode too, if you want a template to try to organize all of this stuff. As far as my tip, kind of a couple of things, it's, it was hard for me to decide on just one. But I think if I had to give something really specific, it would be you don't have to quit your day job. Everybody's path looks different in this. I was sold this dream of quit your day job, entrepreneurial freedom, take the leap, all of these clever phrases, all of the Instagram inspirational memes and stuff. And I thought I had to quit. And that was that gave me so much anxiety. Because every year as a teacher, I said, all right, I'm quitting. By next school year, I'm quitting. I'll quit over the summer, blah, blah, blah. And then every year, it was just so much shame and so much doubt. And then finally, somebody was like, hey, man, what if you don't quit? What if you just stop being a teacher and you just got a job doing what you're doing in your side hustle. So now I'm the SEO director at an agency who fully supports me growing a personal brand and building my own things and all of this other stuff. My life is completely aligned. I love all of it. I'm more happy than I've ever been. It was because somebody pointed out like, just find alignment in your life. You don't have to quit your job. I realize most of the people trying to, to get me to quit my job were also trying to sell me products to help me quit my job. And when I pulled that out, oh, like... I can just side hustle forever. And I love that. Now, with, sorry, and I usually don't have a follow-up for a number one tip, but now with the three kids and the day job and all the stuff you have going on on the side, like, do you feel the time crunch? Curious, maybe we'll <laughs> do some productivity hacks here. Yeah. So a few things keep me grounded. Great. Now I have an excuse. To, I'm glad you followed up because now I have an excuse to talk about the other two things. I have two tattoos on the inside of my forearms. They're Latin quotes. They're based in stoicism. Came from Ryan Holiday's book, The Obstacle is the Way. One of them says, amor fati, literally means a love of fate. No matter how bad my life is, no matter how stressful things are, I can always choose to love my fate. This plays out in like the day-to-day stressors, but also one of my children got very, very sick for a while and we were very scared. But still, I was able to choose to love my fate, choose to love the time that I was blessed to have with him. It's got this, this way of thinking has gotten me through a lot. And that really plays into, again, the second part, which is on my other arm, it says memento mori, which is... It's kind of the like grim emo older brother of Carpe Diem, Seize the Day. Memento Mori literally means like, remember one day that you will die. It's later than you think. Most of us will die before we are ready. And when I keep that in mind, all of a sudden, time management, and I separate that from productivity. Productivity is very much uh, doing the right things during the time, and time management is making the time to do the right things. So I I live and die by my Google calendar. I time block things. This might be the best tip for everybody listening. My oldest son is my time management consultant. He'll listen to this episode someday and he'll be so mad that I'm ripping him off. I pay him a dollar a day. And what his job is, is he asks me every night, hey dad, do you have a schedule for tomorrow? And I always do. So I say, yes. He looks at me, I've taught it. He gives me this little squinty eye and he goes, is it reasonable? And I'm like, it's not, dude. It's not. I've crammed stuff in there minute to minute to minute. And if I go over one minute, the whole day is off. And he'll sit down with me. And he just, you know, with his little six-year-old fingers, slides time blocks around. He'll be like, 
what's this? What's that? And I'll tell him and he'll be like, that sounds really important. I'll say, yeah. And he'll be like, why is it so, if it's important, why is it so small? Why is the time block so small? Okay. Well, that's like a million dollars worth of consulting you just gave me for a dollar. Yeah. If you were, if you were working for Accenture, like we would bill a hundred K for that. (laughs) So anyways, that's what he helps me do is like think through those things. So I involve my family. I'm teaching my kids the value of time and all of these different things. But again, like the time blocking, that's really what has come down for me. I've gotten up. I did miracle morning stuff for years, got up at 3 a.m. My kids started getting up at 3 a.m. with me. And I was like, this isn't serving my family. So now I tend to work more later at night. But also blocking out time for family, blocking out time for fitness, things that I know are big levers that I can pull in my life to be a better father, better husband. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. That's counter to the advice that you often hear. Yeah, you don't have to quit your job. You can make it You can make it work in a way that works for you and your family. Brendan, really appreciate you joining me. We'll catch up with you soon. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Brendan. Number one is to write down your dream 100. These are the people in your niche or in complementary shoulder niches you'd like to connect with. Maybe you already know some of them. Maybe they've never heard of you. And if you don't get to 100, that's fine, but write this down. Start following these people on your social network of choice. Subscribe to their newsletters. Take action on their recommendations. Strike up the conversation. And if it feels weird to put people you want to be friends with in a spreadsheet, I get that. It is kind of weird. But during this process, you're in discovery mode. You're finding new sites and people you might not have heard of before either. And that's why I think it makes sense to document that just so you don't lose track. It has been a fun kind of blast from the past looking through that old guest post targets list of mine from a few years ago. But interestingly enough, there are lots of people on that list that I have been able to connect with. And this is something you can do right now and make a habit of starting to build those connections today. So it starts with writing down that dream 100. Takeaway number two is to serve first. How can you help them? What do they care most about? Most of the pitches I get are so self-centered, it really won't be hard to stand out on this stuff. It does take effort though, and that means you can't use a simple form letter template. It means being human and making human connections. And takeaway number three is to make it work for you. I appreciated Brendan sharing that despite all the success he's had in business, it's still a side hustle for him right now. There's no rule that says you got to quit your job. Follow your own path and do what works for you. In fact, operating with really tight time constraints probably breeds some creativity and efficiency that maybe somebody with more hours wouldn't see. You heard him. I'm more happy than I've ever been. And that's really what it's all about. Once again, Notes and links for this one, along with the full text summary with all of Brendan's top tips from the call, are at sidehustlenation.com slash Brendan, B-R-E-N-D-A-N. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show, where I'm breaking down 10 simple ideas that tripled my business. I'll see you then. Hustle on.